When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the LA Soccer Hub Show. My name is Gio Garcia. Today's Tuesday, January 19th, and we're talking LA Galaxy. I know it's been kind of slow. There's been uh, the rumors seem to die down a little bit with everything going on with LA Galaxy. They signed Jonathan Bond yesterday, and today they just announced the signing of Adam Saldana from Galaxy 2, which is an exciting time if you're him and also if the Academy and Galaxy 2, everything seems to be working uh, well within that system. And here to help me talk about it all, we got Alicia Rodriguez. Alicia, how you doing? Doing pretty well, Gio. How you doing today? Pretty good, pretty good. Welcome to 2021. I believe this is the first year, the first episode I've done with you on 2021. How's the, How's 2021 been treating you so far? Uh, so far, so good. Uh, feels a lot like 2020, but uh, you know, hopefully things are looking up from here. Yeah, it, it does. It does feel uh, feel like 2020. I, I did see like this meme. I don't know if you saw it, but it was like I got the I got the seven day trial of 2021 or something like that. I want to return it or something, and that that just made me laugh. Uh, I I saw it on Instagram and I was just cracking. I was like, you know what? I think we all can kind of relate to uh, to that right now. Um, but yeah, but with that, like I said, we got we got so much uh, you know great news that happened uh, this morning. Let's talk about Adams Adam Saldana, uh, midfielder. You know, is coming from LA Galaxy two. You know, signed. Uh, he initially signed his first contract with them in June, I believe, in 2019. So about a year, year and a half, and you know, he's just made the jump. Um, you know, now to be on the first team. But I think it's exciting. You, you've seen, uh, you know, Julian Araujo come from there. You've seen Efrain Alvarez come from there. And I think that's what you want to see, that you have a well-oiled machine that you're producing to, to come up to the first team and come produce and play with you. Uh, what can you tell us about Adam Saldana? Yeah, he's a, he's a midfielder. I watched him uh, pretty much every game last season for uh, Galaxy 2. Uh, midfielder, um, pretty tidy in possession. I would say a kind of a two-way player. Um, and, you know, obviously as a prospect, you never quite know how they're going to track as far as in the first team. You know, sometimes positions get moved around a bit, but he's definitely uh, played to date as a midfielder. Um, I, I think his game's pretty quiet. Um, when I was thinking about sort of the the main uh, candidates for uh, signing a first team, contract I didn't necessarily uh put him at the top of the list but I also know that the Galaxy organization is is really high on him um and I think that might be part of his game you know he's one of those players who isn't making the flashy pass isn't you know scoring the Golosos he's somebody who's who's kind of just taking care of business and obviously every team needs uh players like that and and particularly in midfield that's a, a pretty valuable uh role if you can find somebody good at it so um, it's exciting. I think, uh, you know, he's got a high ceiling. Um, I expect he'll probably still play with, uh, Los Dos in 2021. Um, it, assuming things get back to normal and we see players going back and forth between the first team and, and, uh, the USL side. 
but yeah, it's it's the first of what we anticipate will be a few uh, homegrown signings for the Galaxy this week. Yeah, no, it, like I said, it's, it's exciting because it seems to be working. And Adam Saldana, you know, he, he played with the U.S. men's U-17 in 2019, helped them go to the, the I think it was a World Cup, qualify for the World Cup. And you have players as a, like a Gio Rainey on the team and, and everybody that was on the team there. Some of those players are playing in MLS. Some players are playing in Europe. And I think that U seven, that U.S. men's U-17 has a lot of talent and we're seeing some of that talent right there. And just to add to that, he had 17 starts. Uh, with Galaxy 2 last season. Obviously, he helped them go to the playoffs. I think they were knocked out on the first round, right? They're, they're- they were they were knocked out in the first round by the, the top seed in the West. But uh, I would say that uh, Los Dos getting to the playoffs at all was a really big deal. Um, I think so the USL pl- championship played in um, group stage uh, for most of their, their season last year. And um, the kind of Southern California, Arizona group, Vegas group was by far the hardest. Um, I think most outsiders really were tabbing LA to finish fourth or fifth in that division, um, probably unfairly because they played really well last year. They they were full value for for the playoff berth for sure, um, but it was a, a murderer's row basically. So it, it's a huge deal um, that they even made the playoffs in my opinion. And I think that that'll serve that team well. And I think there's a lot of exciting players on that team potentially moving forward. Yeah. And um, yeah, just to add to that, I think, I think when you have, right, when you're LA Galaxy and you can pull potential, you can pull, you know, you have LA Galaxy too. We've seen some uh, MLS teams have that you can pull and you can actually see them practice in your backyard and, you know, and the field next to you, I think that adds to so many things and LA Galaxy right now, they need midfielders. So, I mean, to me, this, this makes sense. Uh, you you want to add more midfielders and this is someone that, like you said, that they do, they seem to be high on. And I think, you also see that it, the system was working. So LA Galaxy now have 12 players that have come up to the system. You know, some of those players, like I said, Efrain Alvarez, Joan Arajo, Nick DePew, Cameron Dunbar, and the list goes on and on and on. And I think this is the way you, if you're a club, this is the way you want to build them up to come to the first team, have an impact on the first team. And eventually, you know, if the goal is to sell them on or whatever, I think it's starting, it's starting to flow the right way for the LA Galaxy. Yeah, that's the hope. I mean, obviously, there's several steps, and you've outlined several of them uh, in in developing that pipeline properly. And we haven't really seen too much of uh, getting impact players at MLS level and then selling them on. You know, we're still kind of on the cusp of that that spot. And I think Araujo is seems to be the candidate most uh, likely to you know maybe get transferred abroad uh, on a big big transfer fee at some point, um, possibly Alvarez, but. Um, you know, when we see some more of the, the, the players actually filtering in and, and playing real MLS minutes and playing impactful minutes uh, in the top division, I think that's going to be a big accomplishment. And then from there, having some of those key players being sold on, uh, having some of the other players stick around for a long time in MLS, I think that's kind of the, the next part of the, tra- the progression for, for the Galaxy organization. And obviously, there's been success stories over the years, but um, I think we all know that this area is so talent rich and I think that there's still a feeling between all of the Galaxy Academy players who signed abroad over the years um, and the Galaxy really didn't get anything for them and um, the players who've been signed but don't actually really make any kind of impact with the first team. 
there's a little bit of that bridge to finish building. And once they finish building it, I think uh, then it's going to be really exciting. So let me ask you just, just so I can be familiar. So when LA Galaxy have, have players in the academy, right, they're just in their academy. They, in order for them to make money off of them, do they have to play for the first team or play, play for Galaxy 2? Um, because I know you, you said some players, I know some players have gone to the academy and then just go straight to Europe. So typically what happens is if a player uh, kind of skips, you know, signs abroad, but they don't merit a transfer fee, what happens is they wait until they turn 18. And when you turn 18, if you're not under contract, uh, you can sign, you're a free agent, you can sign anywhere in the world, uh, as long as you can get a work permit and, you know, all that kind of thing. So that's how most of these guys have, have done it over the years. Uh, there's been a few exceptions where guys manage to get a passport and leave early but for the most part it's either you get that passport and leave early or you get um and the galaxy don't get anything out of it or you wait until you turn 18 and then you can sign anywhere because you're a free agent um so it's it's something that's not just a problem for the galaxy i mean i think other american clubs have had to deal with this as well i also think that uh there's been some uh, changes that have been slowly implemented to try and combat this a little bit. Um, mostly, if a player does sign a, on a free agent deal now, um, the academy programs from which they're coming are supposed to get something called solidarity payments. So they'll get uh, a lump sum. You know, it's not going to be millions of dollars. It'll it'll likely be thousands, maybe tens of thousands of dollars uh, in most of these cases. But that is some money technically going to uh, the academy to help them kind of reinvest. It, it's it's not sexy. It's not the same thing as as signing Alfonso Davies, you know, selling him on for ten million like Vancouver Whitecaps did. But it's also a way to get something out of it, as opposed to just you know helping to produce a player and then be left holding the bag and not getting anything um, at the end of it. But uh, I think one of the other things that the Galaxy have tried to do is by signing these youngsters at a younger age and pitching to them, you're actually going to be in our plans. We promise, like we promise we will do something uh, to make it worth your while here. Uh, they're also trying to prevent situations where the player will wait out the clock until he turns 18 and then go sign abroad as, as a free agent. Like they want to incentivize, Hey, if you spend two years here with us in the galaxy organization, we'll make sure you get some MLS minutes. You know, we think that you have a really high ceiling and we will help you, you know, get to that next step in your career will be the launch pad for, for what you want to do next. Um, and we're seeing some more players actually uh, find that to be compelling and, and, and sign with it. So we'll see what happens, but that's kind of where things lay right now. Yeah, no, I appreciate you uh, breaking breaking that down so well, uh, just just for me and everybody listening, um, you know, just to help educate us. Um, especially, I mean, you know, the competition is getting more stiff, especially with the with the with the next door neighbors, right? The LA Galaxy have LAFC. I mean, they got an academy over there as well. Um, what other players can you see uh, come out through through the LA Galaxy Academy for the? I mean, from Galaxy Two to Galaxy One, twenty twenty one. So there's, uh, it's been pretty widely rumored that there's uh, going to be two other signings who are going to be made shortly. Jalen Neal, he's a, a fullback, and I think he's, he played a little bit of central defense last year, if I remember correctly, for Los Dos. Uh, I think he's a promising player. He was somebody who uh, just broke through, through last year, but um, I, I liked what I saw of him. I, I think he's somebody who uh, 
could potentially, you know, do good things for them. And then the other one is Marcus for Kranis, which I believe, I think he was a midfielder. He's actually the one of the group uh, who I saw play the least. He he usually came off the bench for Los Dos. He wasn't uh, like a, a constant starter or anything like that. He, he, from what I remember, he mostly came off the bench. I'll have to go back and look at the game logs, but um, so I didn't see as much of him. But I do know that they, you know, every time he did come on the field or, or when I have heard his name mentioned, I think Dennis DeClosa has, has talked about him specifically a few times. So I think they're really pretty high on him. Um, I don't really know much about his background, but, you know, maybe he has some some promise abroad already. And that's why they're kind of moving things along a little bit more quickly um, because they see some potential of him getting some interest in the future. But um, it, it seems pretty likely that those two are going to be the, the other two signings. There's also um, Jonathan Perez, who signed last year uh, with the first team, and he played with LA Galaxy 2 last year. So he he may get some more playing time this year. He basically didn't get any playing time uh, for the first team last year. So he's like a new signing because <laughs> we didn't mm-hmm. really see him uh, at MLS level. So uh, he's, a, he's another one to watch out for. Yeah, no, I mean – has to be exciting. I mean, if you're if you're playing for the Gal- Galaxy too, if you're on that roster and you see, you know, you're seeing some of these guys move up, you know, you, you gotta you gotta hope expect that you know your your time is next, and you know, and you know, seeing the things that you know, even Ethan Zubak that you know played for Galaxy too, he got a lot of minutes, unexpected minutes, right? But he still he still got those minutes, you know, and try to make uh you know try to take advantage of those opportunities. Um, so I want to move on now. So I think th- this rumor is really interesting for me. Um, for the LA Galaxy, as we know, the LA Galaxy have not signed Pavone just yet. They're still interested with Pavone, but you know, there's still a lot of things going on, and I feel like LA, LA Galaxy have a better position. I mean, uh, in this deal, but I, the way Bar- um, Boca Junior seems to be a little stingy, and but with the interest, I mean, LA Galaxy are not just focused on Pavone. Um, there's another player that's being rumored around is Sebastian Jovinko, um, which he played with uh, Greg Vanny at, at Toronto FC. He won the 2017 MLS Cup of Greg Vanny. He had a he had a great career with Toronto FC. Now he's I think he's he's in Saudi Arabia. I think he plays for Halal. I think is the team I looked up. But anyway, so it, it's interesting because they could potentially could use him as the DP. He could be used. For you know, he could be that third DP for the LA Galaxy, or they can bring him through a different creative way and not have to use a DP spot on him and still be able to bring in Christian Pavone. And if you had Christian Pavone and him, that'd be amazing, right? Um, let me ask you, what what do you think about Sebastian Jovinko and the rumors and all that and the likelihood this happens? Yeah, it's interesting because I think uh, I think it's plausible, but I also, it's one of those where you wonder, is it just because you know, the contextual links, right? Like, cause he played for Vanny, he has some experience at, in MLS. So does that mean that somebody somewhere is, is writing a, a transfer rumor blog and has decided to kind of, you know, put those things together in the, in the Mad Libs kind of, kind of thing. Uh, I don't know. Um, I, I think it's, it's interesting. I think uh, Jovinko was, absolutely phenomenal the first two years he was in MLS I mean he was really it was it was must-see TV to watch uh him play for Toronto in those years and then you know from there after that it wasn't like he got terrible but he just wasn't at quite the 
you know, insane um, peak that he had been at his first two years. And he still was really, really productive and, and, and really good. Um, and then his exit was a little bit curious. I mean, I think he just kind of wanted to get paid. And um, I remember talking to him at uh, MLS Media Day like a week or two before his uh, transfer to Saudi Arabia. And, um, you know, it, it was my only time I've, I've talked to, to Jovinko. And I mean, he just seemed like he was really uh, kind of angry and frustrated, like visibly frustrated. And it was, it was sort of weird because at that time, the, the rumors had started to emerge, but, and he wasn't saying, oh, I want to leave. I'm ready to go. But he, he just, he was talking about how, you know, I think I'm worth more. I deserve more, that kind of thing. And I mean, honestly, I think you could make a case even within the, the designated player um, mechanism that he was underpaid. I mean, relative to kind of what he brought to his team and to the league overall. So I can understand where he's coming from there, but um, yeah. So I don't know if he necessarily wants to come back to MLS uh, exactly. And um, it could be a situation where the grass is always greener, you know, maybe he went, uh, somewhere else and he was like, you know what, it actually wasn't so bad in MLS after all. <laughs> um, or maybe he's done with it and maybe this is just kind of nonsense. Um, I certainly think it's plausible just because I think when it comes to the, ga- like when it comes to transfer rumors in general, we have like the galaxy, you have to most of the time sort of say it's possible, right? Like it could yeah, yeah, happen because they've, they've, they've made so many big moves in the past. Um, and I don't think he'd be as expensive, obviously this time around, he's, he's over 30 now. Um, and I just, you know, I don't think he would command as much in terms of a transfer fee if they had to pay one or, um, wages, although he certainly wouldn't be cheap. You know, we're not talking about somebody who's going to be on 200 grand or anything like that, but, um, yeah, I mean, I'm intrigued. I think it's plausible. Do I think it's definitely going to happen? I don't know. I don't, I'm not really at that point yet, but uh, kind of a wait and see one for me for sure. Yeah. And I'm glad you brought that up because I mean, we know Saudi Arabia has money, right? Yeah. So, and to your point, right. He's out there. Maybe like I've never watched Saudi Arabia soccer. I don't know much about it, but I know they got money and they got deep pockets and you see a lot of players, not just from the MLS, but just, you know, from, from Spain, La Liga, you know, um, and go play in those leagues just I think essentially for the money but maybe to your point he might have had a realiz- realization and been like you know what playing in the MLS might have been a little bit better I may not have gotten paid but maybe the competition was a you know yeah I don't know the, the way alive I don't know you know maybe that that's why those rumors are are, are starting to come up um, and, it, and, it, and you know, I mean, he does it and it would make sense, right? Because he's playing with Greg Vanny. He'd be, he'd be in Los Angeles. He wouldn't be in Toronto where it's cold. Yeah. The lifestyle would be a lot better, right? That, that, I mean, that, I know that's all secondary to his play, but I think, right. He's 33 years old. And to, also to your point, I, I, I don't, wouldn't expect him to demand that much money. Um, especially thinking like if the LA galaxy, you know, number one guy is is uh christian pavone right um and if you're able to if you're somehow the elegax you're able to get both christian pavone and Se- sebastian jovinko man you're, t- you're talking about an explosive offense you know with chicharito on top and you the, he could be the player that helps facilitate chicharito and passes and you know just help him there um, be be that assist man or you know the extra help up top because that's what uh, Chicharito uh, needed needed last season and you know we know that Chicharito can't do everything himself he's not a lone striker you know he he needs some assistance so I could see this um 
I just I just wonder how if, if it happens, how it's gonna happen. Um, because I do you want him? Do you want to use that money on do would would you want to use that third DP on Giovinco right now? Maybe, maybe not. I mean, I think you also got to see what else is out there, but I think if there's they found out another creative way of maybe not using that DP spot on him, maybe use the TAM or, or whatever, you get, you know, Galaxy get creative. Um, it would be exciting. I think it would be exciting, you know, because like I said, you have a coach that, that's already played with them. You know what to expect with them. Even though his last two seasons weren't, you know, as amazing, like you said, the, the first couple of seasons he had with Toronto FC, I, th- I think uh, I think it will make a lot, of, a lot of sense. So right now there's just rumors. There's certain, a lot of speculation. So, so we'll see what happens with that. I think we're all going to keep our eyes um, uh, pinned to that. Uh, now we'll talk about uh, Christian Pavone. Right, there's there's a lot of stuff going on. Christian Pavone, he he was accused of you know sexual assault, sexual abuse. And I think recently, well, he came out and denied all those things. You know, he came out with a statement, very strong statement on his Instagram, and then just recently, uh, I saw he posted a picture with with him and his girlfriend. Um, what do you make of this whole situation with Christian Pavone? Yeah, I'll admit from the outside, I haven't been uh, looking at the blow by blow or you know going through all the different permutations of, of allegations and counters and whatnot. But um, I mean, certainly it's concerning, you, you know, at the very least uh, something that I think if the galaxy are serious about uh, bringing him back, they need to look into and, and um, not just in a way to, to cover their behinds, but, you know, to really look into and, and see if it's something that has merit or not. Um, because I think one thing that was uh, pretty positive about, last year was the team moving pretty quickly when they had uh, pretty big scandals on their hands. And, you know, they parted ways with Alexander Katai, who they uh, thought were going to solve the problems and, you know, in one, one spot of their field, but he pretty much was roundly rejected by the fans after his, his wife's uh, racist social media post came out um, and the team decided to, to cut him loose. And then there was a player on, Galaxy 2, who used uh, a racist slur on the field, and um, he also was cut uh, within days of, of that happening. So um, I think if, if, they, if it was a situation where it really seemed to have some, uh, something behind it, in the case of Pavone, and the team sort of said, well, you know, but he's such a good player, like, oh, you know, we can rationalize this away. I mean, I don't think they can. Um, I think that would be a huge step backwards. Um, I guess if they find that the, there's no real standing here, um, you know, that's a different story. But uh, it's it's always very difficult and delicate. And in situations like this where where a prominent athlete is accused of, of something like sexual assault, um, it, it makes it uh, difficult to talk about the, the player and their performance because that becomes immaterial, right, to uh, the allegations. But um, yeah, I mean, you know, I don't have all the answers. So it's hard for me to to sort of uh, weigh in and, and make a declaration one way or the other on, on uh, what happened here. But, um, you know, it, it's a tricky situation. And all I hope is that the Galaxy, whatever happens, they they make the right decision. Yeah, it is a very tricky, tricky situation. I, I mean, um, you know, one hand someone's accusing, other hand, you know, he's saying it's not true, right? Obviously, I don't know what happened or anything 
but you just hope for the best. And like I've said this before, the, the galaxy, the higher ups are LA Galaxy, know Pavone, know what he's about, know, you know, have a better relationship than I would ever have with Pavone, right? So I'm assuming they may have reached out and, you know, to his lawyer, to whatever, um, and, you know, talk to them, brought this whole situation up. I don't know. I'm just speculating, right? I think that's what you do just to check on, to see what's going on. Um, maybe they've had, a, they've would have had some conversations because as of now, um, that galaxy have not said, you know, they've stopped the pause negotiations or, you know, the pursuit of getting him. Right. So it makes me think one they they've taken their time with it. They want to see everything before they come out. And, and to your point, you know, we've seen that Allegaxi has a history of cutting players because of certain things. So to me, I think there are there, they, they have that in mind, but they also want to see all, everything come out because all those other things were, were true. You saw it, you know, of Katai's wife, you actually saw it. Everybody could see it. The player for Galaxy 2, you saw, you were, you know, it was proven. I think, right, with the, why it's so tricky because it hasn't been proven, I guess, but I don't want to say it's not true. Right. I think that's that's where the, where the, where the trickiness gets um, for the team and for the player and for the other galaxy. And I think it just goes on to how comfortable they are. They seem they're very comfortable to, you know, be behind Pavone as a rent. That's how I take it. I'm not saying that's what LA Galaxy are saying. I think they're they're just seeing the situation. They 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 might have spoken with them, and they feel comfortable to still try to pursue him. Now, if things come out, and for example. It turns out that he is actually, you know, he did commit these things. And I think you will see the other galaxy um, step away. Um, but another thing to this, uh, Pavone has mentioned, had mentioned to Boca Juniors head coach that he no longer wants to play for them. So, I mean, that, that, even, that even tells me even more like, you know, he wants to go, if not the to the other galaxy, he doesn't want to play for them. So I think, this starts to give give the galaxy more leverage, and and I feel like if if you're Boca Juniors, right, you you have a player one that doesn't want to play for you. You you can't even I feel like you can't even shop him out because he's not in the field. You know, you're playing all these big games and you have all this this worldwide attention, but you I don't feel like you can shop him out to all these other teams in Europe or whatever if you're trying to get what fifteen to twenty million dollars, and I think it put it may bring down his value a little lower, and I think this is where. The LA Galaxy, this this situation, but I'm not paying for them, um, you know, in a way benefits the LA Galaxy. Do do you view it that way? Uh, maybe. I mean, I think if uh, Boca suddenly sold him at a really cut rate, then I think the allegations there may be something that they they may think that there's something to it. You know, like if they're like all of a sudden they're like, uh, yeah, four million, yeah, sure, no, yeah, we got it. We'll, we'll get this done, like done deal. Sure, go ahead. No, 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 it's all good. It's all good. We're we're good with that. You know, if that were to happen, I'd be like, okay, that's a red flag right there. You know, that uh, <laughs> they're trying to get rid of him really quickly. Um, I will also say that um, in the past, when there's been a similar situation regarding a, a potential designated player, the league, the MLS, has investigated the matter themselves. I think in part because they want to avoid some sort of major scandal with a player who's presumably going to be one of the faces of the league. They, you know, they don't want to have egg on their face, but um, yeah, I mean, I think it's probably good for Pavone to, to move on to a new situation. I also think that uh, Boca has a long history of taking forever to get uh, transfers done. So, um, you know, they're not, they, they don't mind waiting, right? <laughs> they, 
mm-hmm. don't mind just sitting on a player. And I, I mean, I'm talking like months, years, even they really doesn't bother them at all. Yeah, they're pretty, they're pretty stingy about the way they, they negotiate, which is, uh, so, uh, that would be, a, that would to me just, just would annoy me. But if you really want a player, and I think, I think that what it gets tricky is when a player verbally comes out and all the media, even Argentina, they're like, yo, this guy does not want to play for you. Yeah. And like every situation I can think of in MLS where they've gotten a player from Boca and a transfer, they like the GM has always been like, wow, that was the longest transfer I've ever, ever been part of. Um, it was really a huge pain, but I think this player is, you know, worth it, the hard work, et cetera. So, I mean, they really, they're not uh, exactly a great partner, I would say, as far as transfers, but that's, I guess, part of the business. You can, you know, choose to, to do different uh, strategies and in transfer negotiations, and they take a very hard line. But um, yeah, I mean, if he says he doesn't want to go, it could uh, drop his value a little bit. Um, but yeah, I... I don't know if I expect even, I mean, we don't know when the season's going to start, but I don't know if I necessarily expect that Pavone will have a situation wrapped up either with the galaxy or anywhere else by the time the MLS season starts necessarily. I mean, again, I think they could just wait it out and, you know, let him sit and collect his paycheck or whatever until um, they feel like they have a good spot and and they're they're ready to sell. But um, yeah, it's, it's going to drag on, I think, probably. Yeah, and, I, and I'm with you. And I think also the uncertainty of when the MLS season starts. I mean, that's a that's a whole other issue there in itself, right? So the uncertainty of the season may be pushed back. I think I believe the season started like, what was it, at the end of February, March 1st last season. So, and I remember around this time, uh, you know, both LA teams were having preseason and I think I think I was actually at a preseason. I mean, I practiced around in January, if I if I recall. Um, but you know that has even that has, that has even happened. You know, so they they don't even know when the season starts. So, you know, if the season does get does drag on, you know, or the I should say delayed, um, we'll see, we'll see. Well, I guess we'll we'll have to see what happens with Pavone. You know, he may he may miss if they do get him he may miss a little bit he may not even miss anything at all he may just start right in time right because there's there's so many things uh going on but another another thing uh that i saw that the, the galaxy did this past weekend they signed jonathan bond um from west brom from um you know they it looks to me he's gonna have either be the number one or he's definitely gonna fight uh for that number one uh, position with that uh, jonathan klinsman the good thing about this, uh, he 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 doesn't have he doesn't use an international spot because he has a you know he has a U.S. passport. So I think that's a benefit too. I don't they, they didn't have to pay too much to bring him over here. And he also brings in, bring in some some competition with Jonathan Klinsman. Uh, what do you think about this signing for the LA Galaxy? Yeah, it's really intriguing. Um, he really hasn't played a ton in his career. He's 27. He's gone on several loan stints, but uh, he he's really only had one season where he's had a, a really good run um, of games. And that was with Peterborough United uh, a few years ago. And I think they were in league one, uh, which is the third division in England. Um, so comparing that to MLS level, I mean, I don't know, like seems a little bit uh, risky, but also he was on the roster of a, a premier league team. So, um, you know, you have to think he's pretty good if he could, you know, be on the roster of a, of, of, of one of the uh, 
best leagues in the world. Um, but it, it's mostly an unknown quantity. And actually, in a lot of ways, it reminds me of the Jonathan Klinsman signing because Jonathan Klinsman had barely played. I mean, John, Jonathan Bond has played more in his career. He's older. He's 27. Uh, I think Klinsman's 23. Um, but Jonathan Klinsman had barely played uh, first team games before he, he joined the Galaxy. So, you know, besides what we had seen with the U.S. Uh, youth national teams, it was sort of like, well, we'll, you know, we'll see how it goes. Like, I, I don't really have anything to kind of base any opinions on at this point. I think it's it's pretty similar for Bond. I'll, I'll it, totally admit I have never seen Bond play. So, you know, I don't know how he's going to perform. But I also just, I think he's a pretty unknown quantity based on his um, track record so far. So it could be one of those situations where, um you know, he turns out to be great uh, and, and, and really be a, a good fit for this team and, and at this level. But we, we won't know until we see uh, whoever the starter is hit the field and, and actually get some game time and, and kind of go from there. Yeah, you're right. Um, I've seen the highlights. Highlights are supposed to make you look good, right? And I did see some people on Twitter. I think he he played a cup for them. I think some some Galaxy fan asked him they, when he he came up and he played and he did a good job for them. I, I think he was the third string goalkeeper. Um, so I I, I I guess we're just we're just gonna have to wait, right, until you see that competition, until we actually see him. Um, but I think it's good for the Galaxy to bring in a, a keeper, and I know a lot of people. And this, I think what this means for David Begum, David Begum is not coming back for the other guys. I know they're talking about there was negotiations there. I know a lot of fans were happy that David Bingham um, is not coming back. I know some were upset, but I think, I think it was, I think it was time for, to move on from David Bingham. I think, you know, the galaxy had enough seasons. It just didn't work out. You know, I think you just have to wish the best for David Bingham, you know, in his career, wherever he decides, uh, wherever he ends up. Um, but I think, you know, it, with the new head coach, I think this is a fresh, you know, you got to start somewhere fresh and this is a, a great way to start. And I just got an email from uh, the LA Galaxy. I just want a little breaking news here. The LA Galaxy have said uh, Julian Rao has been added to the U23 uh, roster. Uh, FC Dallas defender Brian Reynolds will be departing for personal reasons. So initially, Julian Rao was on the roster. Then he, he left because... Or I don't even think he joined him because he I think he was uh, he was sick. I don't know if he had COVID, but he was sick. So now it's cool that now it's great that he, he's able to be back. He's recovering. He's able to go go and play with the, the U23 or be with the U23s because, you know, that's what you want. Right. If you're there, actually, you want as many players as you can get on that U.S. men's national team. Sebastian Leggett is out there and now Joe Naranjo. And we're seeing that we're seeing a lot of, you know, a lot of noise, a lot of, you know, rumor speculation. There was, you know, there was some the rumors that he was going to Tottenham. Those are obviously those weren't true. Um, Galaxy denied all those. What do, what do you make of a player like like Joe Naranjo? I mean, I think he has a really high ceiling. He's he's somebody I'm pretty excited about. Um, I'm glad he's he's getting back into the the U23, the national team for the camp. But I think that's great great news. And by the way, Brian Reynolds is leaving presumably because he's being transferred to Bayern Munich. So uh, it's a pretty big deal for him too. Yeah. Um, hopefully, uh, Julian will be be going on a similar path in you know not, the not too distant future. But I mean, for me right now, I think he's clearly the young player who has the the highest upside and, and is the most likely to get a, a big move abroad right now. I, I know that Efrain Alvarez has, has gotten most of the hype because um, he's a little bit younger and uh, he plays in an attacking position and 
um, has played really well in in spurts, you know, so far in his career. But uh, I think Araujo's much more consistent so far. And right now, I think he's got a much higher upside um, as far as, you know, kind of projecting where he's going to be in his career. So uh, that's exciting. And yeah, like you said, you want to get him on the national team, not only because they get to play for their country and all that kind of thing, but also so they can be in the shop window for uh, teams abroad and to help them in uh, eventually acquiring a work permit if, if they need to get one. So. Yeah, and I think he's going to be, I would assume, I mean, there's, uh, right now, I think Jonah Rajo making the, the the first team on the men's national team, that, that's that's maybe a stretch, but I think U23s and the, and the Olympics and everything, I think he will be, have a really, really good opportunity to be the starter at right back for the U23s. And that's one thing the U.S. men's national team, they have depth at is right back. So, I mean, unless he has a spectacular season, you know, anything can happen within what the next year, 2022 is a world cup. I believe uh, anything can happen, right. He can make a big leap. He can get transferred to a big club in Europe somewhere. And then all of a sudden, you know, Joe Naraho is either starting for the men's national team or coming off the bench, whatever. But, you know, I, I think this, this is going to help him in his career. This is going to, you know, prolong. And also I think, you know, being with Greg Berhalter, you know, the game when you play with the national team, the game's a little bit quicker, a little bit faster. And I think he does have to be able to clean up uh, some of the things that, you know, that, you know, he, he didn't so do so good. He was overly aggressive. I, I like his aggressiveness, but I think, you know, getting red cards and stuff like that doesn't help him. And I think that just all comes with maturity, but nevertheless, I, I like his upside. I think, you know, if it's not in the in the summer transfer window, I, I really do see, I don't know if I'll see, if we'll see Joel and Rahul, after this season with the LA Galaxy, which is a good thing, which I, I feel like is, right. is, is, is a really, really good thing, you know, if he moves abroad over. Um, I want to uh, Greg Vanny. So Greg Vanny obviously was announced these last uh, last couple of weeks. Um, I was impressed with this with this press call. I was very motivated. I think I actually went for a run, you know, because uh, the way he spoke, I was just like, I got to do something with all this energy. I can't just sit here. Um and I've been told, like, he, you know, he's moving from Toronto. He's currently in the process of moving from Toronto to L.A. That, man, moving from countries during COVID, I mean, that has to be that has to be hectic. So, you know, we wish the best of them, you know, safe and, you know, fast travels back and forth and, you know, moving. I don't even know how you do that. Either you sell your stuff over there. I lived in Baltimore uh, for a couple of years before I ended up moving back. And I all I took was two suitcases. And then I, everything that I bought, I had like, you know, like a nice couch, a big screen TV, and I just sold it. But that was just me. But if you have a family in a house, I think it gets it gets a little a little tricky. But what what are your what initial thoughts of uh, Greg Vanny at the helm? I think it's a fantastic uh, hire. Um, I think when you're looking at the vacancies around the league and you're looking at the, the coaches who are available, you know, within the kind of um, – realm of what's possible right like Pochettino was around for a while but I don't think any of us thought he was going to come to MLS um, but within the the group of you know MLS plausible managers I think Vanny was was by far the best uh, among that crop um, he has a, a track record of success um, you know he brought Toronto to their best ever showing but it wasn't a situation where like he just jumped in as as a team was a juggernaut right like Toronto was 
really, really incredibly bad uh, when he took over as, as head coach. And I think um, people who are newer to the league or people who just kind of forgot about what happened before he was uh, coach there. I mean, Toronto was like in the dregs, like they were really adrift and every year it was like a complete joke. And, you know, they were constantly turning over their roster and they had no idea what they were doing. And, um, you know, it wasn't just Greg Vanny alone who, who orchestrated the turnaround, but I think he played a huge part of that um, and deserves a lot of credit. Um, and he's, he's also somebody who has that track record of turning a team around, right? It's not just, oh, I can win t- trophies. It's I can execute a plan to make a team relevant in a con- you know, a perpetual contender again, uh, which is exactly what the Galaxy needs. So that fits. And then obviously his, his background being a former Galaxy player, playing uh, college soccer at UCLA, you know, he has some real ties to this area. So that is a nice story. Um, but I also think that his his coaching is going to be a huge improvement. Um, it, it's easy to say now that uh, Guillermo Barroscoloto is not the manager, but I really think there were some major deficiencies in terms of tactics and and game plans under him. And so as much as we look at the roster and say, wow, there's not been a lot of changes so far to the Galaxy roster, I think you can make a credible case that this this squad will improve a good amount just by changing coaches and having a coach who Agreed. Um, you know, can make some changes and is tactically flexible. That's one of the things about Vanny that I really like is he found a lot of success and he was tactically flexible. He's a guy that he would change his lineup and his formation uh, game to game, depending on his uh, opponent. Um, when he got into the playoffs, there were times when he would basically institute a new look. Like, you know, he'd go to like three in the back in a playoff game, which practically no manager does, right? Like who, who we're used to, to systems where, uh, you, you know, like a, a Bob Bradley, right? Like his system is fixed, right? Like it is never changing. Uh, Vanny is, is very much the opposite, right? Like he's, he wants to throw an opponent off their guard. So if they're used to his team playing in a diamond midfield, well, guess what? We're going to play a flat midfield this next game against you to, to throw you off and, and to try and um, disrupt you and, and that kind of thing. Um, while also playing front foot soccer, right? Like it, he's able to change things around, but he's not, it's not like a park the bus situation where he's completely reactive. He's, he's able to react and, uh, you know, take the initiative in the game at the same time. So for all those reasons, um, I am super excited about the appointment and I think we're going to see improvement, um, just from him having plans and, and, and kind of carrying out, you know, some coherent plans and, and things that if it's not working, we know he's going to change, right? Like he's not going to be somebody who's going to stick to something come hell or high water. He will make adjustments and, um, I think that that's very promising for this this Galaxy squad that still has some some pretty big holes in it. Yeah, no, I'm, and I'm with you, and I'm glad you brought up on those points that you know it seems to be he's flexible and he's not you know st- you know stuck in one way of playing because I feel like you know sometimes when you are stuck in one way of playing, you know you you get overexposed, and you know if a team already has beat you, they know what you're what the only thing you're going to do if you're not willing or you know give a different look or bring a different player then, you know, there's going to be holes there. But, uh, you know, from what you're saying, um, you know, in the way he's coaching or he's going to coach or he has coached, right, 
Um, those are things that LA Galaxy need, and especially with you know with the roster. And I'm with you. You know, it's no secret Guillermo at this point. That, you know, we all look at it now. He 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 did lack tactically, but at the same time, he came from a great. You know, he had a great resume where he came from. So I don't know what happened. I know with MLS, you got to do. You have to do a lot with a lot less, right? You don't have the right. Uh, you don't have the same type of talent you do as you did in Boca or whatever around the world. You got to be very creative, and be able to adjust to certain things to you know be able to play to what the, the type of players you have. And I feel like maybe Guillermo wasn't able to play uh, to their players' uh, best strengths. You know, like for example, Chicharito. He was a lone striker, and you don't play Chicharito as a lone striker, and you clearly saw that. You you need you need to help him out there. Um, and I, and you know, and from his press conference and you know from him in interviews, you you get a sense that he understands what he needs to do and what he's gonna do. And I, you know, I think he's one. He's uh, a lot of players like, you know, or like Araujo are gonna benefit from that. You know, even Efrain Alvarez. Everybody has to hope it's Chicharito. You know, he's he's the the number one guy that has to uh, improve from all this, and it looks on Instagram, right? And I, I know I spoke with um, a couple of people last week about Chicharito, but he looks to be in a better mental state, right? There's a lot of personal things going on in his life. You know, he looks a lot slimmer. It looks like he's lost a lot of weight, you know, just from this post on Instagram. Um, he looks like he's in shape. He looks like he's ready to go. And I think that's what you want if you're LA Oxy, I think that's what you want if you're Greg Vanny, because now if you have a Chicharito that's, uh, you know, right, physically fit, he's in a great mental state, all you got to just put the piece to the puzzle. And I think, you know, Greg Vanny's that, that person that's going to be able to do that. Um, and, it, you know, like and you said, th- there hasn't been too many changes, right? They've, well, I think it was just Villafania and Jonathan Bond so far, right? Um, and so I think you're still going to start to end it today. Adam Saldana, you know, that's that's a piece, maybe a substitute off the bench. But I, I'm very interested to see what he does with these players, you know, with, with the like the Julian Araujos and, you know, uh, also the back line, you know, with, with, what he does with, with Daniel Stairs, you know, and uh, and Gonzalez, you know, there's, there's a lot of things that's going to be worked there. And also the, the goalkeeper. And, and, you know, I think we're really going to be able to see how great of a coach Greg Vanny really is. Um, I know – we saw uh, Chicharito, he, 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 tweet, well, he, I think he posted on his Instagram that, you know, someone had asked him, what is his goals for 2021? And he put the, uh, the, the championship, he wants to win the MLS cup. What, what do you think about that? Uh, well, he's saying the right things, right? Like, I mean, you know, the, nobody's going to be mad if, if the star player is saying, Oh, my main goal is to win a championship. So it's kind of, uh, I mean, it's been interesting because I think it's good that he's, getting out there on social media since he went pretty quiet for most of 2020. Um, but also it's clearly a strategy to try and endear themselves to the, to the fans. And I don't think it's a bad one, but it, I mean, clearly it's, it's part of a, you know, a plan to, to get out there, you know, literally and, and kind of show people that he's engaged and, um, you know, has a chip on his shoulder, wants to perform all that kind of thing. But, uh, no, I mean, it's, it's, it's good. I think if, if he's really hungry and he's, he's really got a chip on his shoulder, that could be really good for the galaxy. If, you know, if he finds a, a vein of form and he, he starts scoring at a pretty good clip, then, you know, that's, that's going to be pretty useful. And obviously depending on if Pavone comes back or if they get another kind of um, key 
DP attacking DP, you know, I mean, he may have to carry a, a big load, you know, with, with the lineup and in, in terms of the attack. So, um, you know, it, it may be a challenge, especially at first in the season, depending on when it starts uh, for, for Chicharito to, you know, to actually like be in form and, and to help them get wins uh, early on. But um, you know, it's not bad to, <laughs> to be showing uh, selfies of your hikes and saying you want to be going for titles and all that kind of thing. That's all, that's all good stuff. Yeah, that's, that's definitely not bad. And I think, um, you know, some people, there's there's still a lot of pessimism, you know, with, with Chicharito. I think uh, one way he does that, just puts the ball in the back of the net whenever the season starts, you know, and you start to win fans over. Um, because I think, you know, Galaxy fans know their history. You know, they know, I think one way, you know, to start winning him over, I, I like everything he's doing. I like, you know, he's posting that he's, you know, he's getting back in shape. He's going live on Instagram. He's, you know, he's being, you know, you, people can interact with him in, as a human level. Right. And that's what you, that's what you want. And it's great for the team. I think now just the next step is, you know, once they get on the field, you know, get a couple goals in and, you know, you know, I think one of the first things that has to happen is they got to win a game. I don't feel like this has to happen, but I feel like it should happen. They have to win a game because of Chicharito. Like somehow, mm-hmm. either it was a pass from him, you know, or he scored a goal or whatever. Some way, somehow, he stole the ball. He got involved in that play. And because of whatever he did in that play, they won because of him. And I think that will change the perspective of him for some fans, um, you know, moving forward. And, you know, and it's a, it's a, it's a big hill to climb to what to say you want to win an MLS cup, but I, I think you have to have some of that optimism, um, you know, going into the season, especially after the, 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 the type of season he had last year. Um, but yeah, uh, I think that's all the time we have. Is there anything else you'd like to add Alicia? No, I think we did a, almost a solid hour of uh wall to wall galaxy talk. So I think, uh, I think that's pretty good, but that's, that's kind of where we're at right now with the, yeah. the speed of the team, right? We filled an hour with not even a game going on. And I was like, I was thinking it was like, you know what, maybe 45 minutes, but you know, you have a lot of great knowledge. You break things down so well, and which I love to have you on the podcast. I know everybody listening does. So with that said, let, let the people know where they can follow you. Sure. You can uh, find my work in the galaxy at lagconfidential.com and you can find me on Twitter at soccer musings. Yeah, guys, if you guys enjoyed this episode, make sure to give this a five-star rating on Apple podcasts. You can also listen to this podcast on Spotify, wherever you get your music. You can follow me on Twitter at Gio Garcia LA and make sure to follow us on Instagram at LA soccer hub and also on Facebook for Alicia. This is Gio. We'll catch you guys next time. Bye everybody. Thank you.